Good morning. Good morning, Gabby. How are you this Monday morning? Not too bad, actually. And yourself? Not too bad either. Uh, <laughs> but, the, but, uh, but the week is young. Exactly. We're only about an hour into my work day this week, so <laughs> a lot can happen by the time we get to Friday's show. <laughs> that is true, and a lot has happened already over the past few days since we last spoke, and I think the big news is political uh, about the House um, voting today on yes. the bill requiring reporting of sexual abuse young athletes. Tell us more about that, Gabby. Right, so there is a bill in the House of Representatives right now that's going to be voted on supposedly today. And if it's implemented, it's going to require that any allegations or incidents of sexual abuse of minor or amateur athletes be reported to authorities. Um, Essentially, it sounds like this bill would prevent what seems to have happened with USA Gymnastics, which was that it was being issues were being reported about Larry Nassar, who we know was just convicted of Um, several counts of sexual abuse and now is going to spend the rest of his life in prison. Um, But it seems like early accusations were basically kept internal within USA Gymnastics or Michigan State or sorry, Michigan University. Um, And and so they're trying to prevent that from happening again on such a scale where things are kept internally and the authorities are not brought in. Yes, and they, they claim that the bill will improve mandatory training and increase requirements for reporting abuse to authorities like with, within 24 hours, I believe, and, and clearly reform what has been a broken system that's failed victims in the past in, at every turn. And it's, I think, making authorities accountable, organisations, clubs. Uh, but the one thing I noticed that concerned me, it talked about amateurs and... Uh, and, mine, and, and, and minors, does that mean that this is not protecting professional athletes? That's an interesting question. Yeah, like if the Olympic team, if like Ali Raisman had been the first one to come forward, would it have, have covered her, you know? That's an interesting question. You're right. Yes. I, I, I need to ask our guru, you know, Nancy Hogson McCarr, who who is a civil rights advocate and a lawyer because she's following this very closely and um, see what she has to say because uh, she she's all over this and she'll be following it through the house today so we'll fo- we'll, we'll we'll follow up tomorrow and see what the outcome of this is and if we know that soon anyway um but anyway we we'll keep an eye on we'll it. keep an eye on it for sure uh, more political news, and of course, there's bound to be coming uh, coming out of uh, the IOC at the time when we're coming up to another Olympics because the issue of of doping and Russia goes on and on and on and on, <laughs> and uh, and now I, it looks like about the, the Russia is actually banned right from competing in Pyeongchang as a nation, but they're going to have neutral athletes now. There's some back from this um i understand that some skaters are set to take legal action uh, over that ban and they're taking it to a swiss court not the ces not the court of arbitration in sport but to a swiss court did you see that story gabby i did i did and it's interesting because i had seen a similar one about a speed skater i mean essentially there's 169 athletes from russia confirmed to compete which to me seems like a lot actually. Um, I think Mm -hmm. I was reading some statistics that's that's actually one of the biggest countries competing at the games. And so, and instead of calling them Russia, we're calling them, you know, Olympic athletes from Russia, which I feel like is a very arbitrary distinction. (laughs) Um, 
But in this case, these two figure skaters, Xenia Stolbova and Ivan Bukin, were both banned from the Olympic Games. But according to this article um, on Inside the Games, they have they've never failed a drug test. Um, but they don't understand why they were banned. These athletes who were banned didn't necessarily get an explanation for the decision. And I think that's that's one of the big reasons they are filing the suit because they just want to open the records and figure out what happened. Yes. Yeah. Even if they don't get the, the resolution they would hope for, <clears throat> at least find out why uh, they've, um, they've been treated in this way. Um, because it must be hard on the clean athletes, right? Those that have played the game uh, in, with clean sports throughout their career and, and now they can't represent their country. Right, exactly. And especially if you're not given a reason. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, think, I don't think anyone, especially the clean athletes, like, no one's happy about this doping scandal. I mean, the clean athletes for sure are now plagued by this incident and, and will be for, you know, probably the rest of their careers just because they were, you know, prominent in the time of the doping scandal. Um, but then to be banned without reason... I think that would drive me nuts as an athlete. So hopefully, I hope they get some answers. I'm curious. Yes. All right. Well, we'll follow that. And you're heading out there shortly, too. So you, you'll be right right in the thick of it. Yes. I'm kind of curious to see how everything everything plays out. I mean, I'll be at the ski venue. There's a handful of Russian skiers that uh, we plan to see competing. So um, it'll be interesting to see how how it plays out in actuality on the on site mm-hmm. i'm sure there'll be enough politics uh, in south korea uh, yes. <laughs> <around the Olympics. laughs> it's gonna be a it'll be the sideshow to the olympics yeah. it'll be a sport in itself yeah, for sure <laughs> all right so we've got to get used to yet more here mma turn wwe we all know what we're talking about don't we Gabby? but does anybody yes. else think I think we're talking gobbledygook here. Again, one of the most, um, I suppose, successful, financially successful athletes in the world um, has switched sports. And my goodness, did it make the news last night. I was watching uh, the breaking news. It was almost midnight Eastern time, the breaking news about Ronda Rousey. Tell us more about this story. Yes. So those who aren't familiar with Ronda Rousey, she... um, was one of the, if not the, the biggest female MMA fighter. She really like brought female MMA fighting onto the map, um, was undefeated for a long time. Um, and then lost a fight to Holly Holm in 2015 and has sort of been in and out of the sports since then. Um, but you know, wildly successful, really put MMA on the map on the ladies side and was such a force to be reckoned with. And she's, um, not necessarily switched allegiances, allegiances, but she's switching over to the WWE, um, signed a contract with them. She hasn't said that she's, you know, officially retiring from UFC fighting, but this will be certainly a huge change of pace for her. Because, um, you know, despite the fact that I think they're similar contact sports, the WWE, at least in my mind, is a little bit more pageantry is, is maybe the word I'm looking for showmanship i think yes showmanship there we go 
um, of course, MMA, mixed martial arts, and and, and world wrestling uh, being being the other one for those that don't follow all these WWWE w- <laughs> <laughs> who don't know all the acronyms exactly. Uh, and it it really is showmanship, and I I'm not one that can enjoy people fighting at any level. I, you know, I, I know wrestling has certainly Olympic wrestling has. Uh, you know, has a, uh, you know, the, it's like judo. I mean, I can understand judo. Right, I can right. appreciate judo, judo. But when, when people get up and just box, the, box the other person into, you know, oblivion, I, 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 I'm not really into that, you know, aggression. So, it's hard for me to watch wrestling because of that. But, but, but it is seems to be more showmanship. I mean, if you watch Ronda Rousey with all this announcement last night of her going over to WWE now for an extended period, it's going to be her life. And, and she was really playing to the crowd and to the Mm -hmm. point, the fighters that were fighting um, in Philadelphia last night, where she made that announcement. And it was great cloak and dagger, uh, performance, her even getting there. Apparently, oh, oh, it was, it was, it was just <laughs> showmanship at its best, I guess. Anyway, there must, there probably is reasons why they they did it in secrecy. But it, she arrived there, and so she goes to shake the hands of some of these women, and they snatch their hand away. They pretend to, they they stare each other down, and then the other one snatches their hand away. And it, it I mean, they look at each other as if they really, you know, could kill each other right there and then it, it, <laughs> and then she's performing to the crowd you know so saluting the wwe sign and it, yeah it it's it's more than sport isn't it really yeah and i mean the people who are into ww i mean i guess it's like football or anything else people who are into wwe are, are in it um but i'm very similar to you where that I have so much respect for her because I think I've said this before in one of our very early episodes, but like MMA is one of those things that I have tremendous respect for them because getting in a ring with someone and fighting them is not something that I could ever conceivably do. Um, like the idea of being punched in the face absolutely terrifies me. <laughs> so I do have tremendous respect, especially um, just because I think it's they're women in what would, what is considered a very male sport. Um, so I think WWE or MMA or whatever it is, I, I think it's really badass, and um, it'll be interesting to see how she does uh, on the other side. And talking about women fighting, there was a story, a basketball game apparently, where two women got into it in a basketball to- a game between Missouri and South Carolina. You know, they just lost it in the heat of the moment. You know, and yes, and so you can watch various angles, camera angles on actually what happened. Um, but it just shows, you know, the heat of the moment in competition, whatever it may be, you, you, you know, you're, you're so intense on winning the ball or whatever it may be. Um, yes, that, that the, the emotions tipple over, and, and, and it did, it was um, it quickly, and, and the girls one took the other down trying to get the ball back and uh yeah i mean there are those moments i guess where you just don't perform your best sportsmanship because hey i want my ball back right and you know what actually i think this is let's talk about equality here for a second because those girls are fighting just like you see like ice hockey or like any of those male dominated sports like they get into fist fights all the time so yeah i mean not that fighting is the solution i'm not advocating for that but like you know what 
if the guys can fight and like get kind of get away with it, like getting in a fist fight as a female shouldn't be that big of a deal, I guess. Well, it, is they don't... it doesn't happen that often, but no, no, it doesn't. Um, but it happens all the time in ice hockey, doesn't it? Yes, yes, for sure. You know, that's they're really into it. They don't seem to be able to get through a game without having <laughs> what we call an argy bargy. I was uh... told in college <laughs> that that with ice hockey, fighting is almost as as much a part of the sport as. Uh, you know, playing the game, um, at least to part. the fans. Like, the, the fights are part of the appeal, I it's guess. It's the entertainment value. Right. Mm -hmm. All right, well, I'm not amused by some headline. I've got sort of a couple of winces of the day here. Uh, one is from, and I'm going to go over this very quickly. I know you saw it too. The Daily Star, which is a um, tabloid rag in the UK, um, announces the hottest athletes heating up the winter olympics yeah uh, i mean this is like like i said when you first shared it to me i mean it was bound to come out eventually we're a week out from the games and we've talked about articles before like this where it's like the hottest athletes on instagram and things like that so it was only a matter of time mm -hmm. before this you know hit the mm -hmm. hit the internet <laughs> absolutely and while the other wince i have you know and i'm a big federer fan roger federer of course won, the, won um, the Australian Open, fabulous, fabulous, fabulous performance. And what a sportsman, what a lovely, lovely guy, so good for the sport. Getting all the accolades that he deserves. And, of course, he's also now won 20 Grand Slams. However, the most distinguished journal down in Australia, the Sydney Morning Herald, regarded him as the first person ever to win 20 Grand Slams. Now, I know you've seen this too, and it's happened in skiing as well. It's a matter of semantics, but it's, it's lazy in, too, isn't it? Because it's mindless, it's mindless um, journalism narrative to regard them as the same as a person when you know, when you know if, you're, if you're a journalist in the sport that women have done this too. Right, right, exactly. And I think it's, I mean, I saw it a little bit. I don't remember who posted about it, but, you know, we had a similar situation on in skiing where Marcel Hirscher, who's un, not unbeatable, but has absolutely dominated on the men's circuit, tech circuit this season, um, he became the second most, second most winning World Cup male athlete um, in history. But... Um, so someone had said he became the second most winning person in history. And obviously that distinction is important because Lindsey Vaughn is actually the second most winning person. She's, you know, less than 10 wins shy of beating the all time wins record. Um, and so you see, you see it. And I, I don't think it's malicious. I don't think there's intent to ignore the women. I think oftentimes it's just this unconscious use of language, um, and then I, the, I mean, the other component here is that I think like sometimes you're writing about a topic that you're not super familiar with. And so you see like a media fact sheet or something, and maybe that says winningest person of all time or whatever it is. And then you're mm -hmm. not familiar enough with the women's side to know that there's that, uh, those two women, you know, between Hirscher and the all time wins record. Okay. But we're here to tell you that women have done it before, not least of all Serena Williams, Margaret Court. Right. You know, let's not forget these women that have won 20 grand slams and 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 more but i'm going to fi finish on a really celebratory note the passing of an athlete it, you know we 
doesn't usually make major news, but this woman really should get the recognition that she deserves. She, her name is um, Clara Marignone, Marangoni, um, sometimes known as uh, Car well, Carla, but uh, also Clara. And she just died at the age of 102, wow. and she was the last, last surviving medalist from the 1928 Olympics. And um, she was an Italian gymnast and also the, the, the world's oldest surviving Olympic medalist. I mean, what, a, what an innings. What a fantastic innings. And, uh, yeah, the last one, the last one to, you know, still, still around. And I, I guess that's it now for the 1928 Olympics. So, okay, where was those games? Where, where did those games take place? This is your trivia question, Olympian. The 1928 Olympics? Um, mm -hmm. Oh, God. Summer Olympics... Uh, Shall I give you a m multiple choice? Yes, give me multiple choice. <laughs> okay, um, London, Berlin, Amsterdam. Uh, let's go with London, mm, Amsterdam. Ah, I didn't know Amsterdam had ever held an Olympics. Apparently so. Oh, and and at the age of twelve, Carla Marangoni won an Olympic medal, and that wouldn't even medal. be allowed now don't you have to be 15 or 16 to compete in an olympics these days yeah i think uh, yeah that yeah things have changed i think since then i think you're right you, you have to be a little bit older than that i don't think there's any 12 year olds no no i'm pretty sure you have to right be now. at least 15 mm -hmm. could you just track that down for the next yeah I'll, episode, I'll find so we... out because well it'll we can do a little story on whoever the youngest female athlete will be at the games or something like that we could. I've seen a few we, stories we... We around. could indeed. You have a show coming up this week. Do you want to tell us about it? Yes. Before we go? My last episode before the Olympics um, of the Inside Line, the Alpine Skiing, Women's Alpine Skiing Podcast. Uh, we actually have a great guest. I'm really excited. Uh, Peekaboo Street, former Olympian, huge name in U.S. skiing, um, Olympic medalist, and she has agreed to come on the show. I actually interviewed her, and as I was talking with her for another story, realized she would be an amazing person to bring on the show. So we will be talking with her, getting her perspective on what it's like to compete in Asian countries at the Olymp Winter Olympics. Uh, she competed in Nagano and uh, talked to her a little bit about Olympic memories and what she's doing now in life because she's, you know, a an adult with a family now and doing some different things that are exciting. So I'm, I'm pumped for this episode. Yeah, sounds wonderful. That, of course, will be live on on Thursday. And that's with Sports Radio on any podcast player. But for now, follow Gabby Hall at Hall underscore Gabby and follow us at Wisp Sports. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Have a good one.